Hello everyone and welcome to the Daily Banter's Meaning of Life podcast. We're on episode 13. I'm here with uh, Vaskena Kasakin and I'm also here with a good friend of mine, Jason Connell. And Jason uh, has been a friend of mine for several years. We met in DC in a co-working space and um, Jason is a very interesting character. So it's uh, really cool to have him on the podcast today. And to the subject of today is going to be forging one's path in life, forging your own path in life, uh, which is something that I take very seriously um, and uh, so does Jason as well so Jason um, just quickly if you could kind of introduce yourself and what so you... I will I will introduce myself but there's this illusion about the path and paths existing because here's what happens somebody gets really successful and somebody I admire is Richard Branson and you look at what happens with Richard Branson and the way that he became so successful is by staying completely true to himself and he is intrinsically a risk taker in a way that almost no one is. And consistently, he was making decisions that were true to him. Mm. And then he gets super successful. He's this billionaire, this philanthropist, the CEO. And somebody says to Richard Branson, how did you, how did you become Richard Branson? How did you do this? And suddenly, he reverse engineers or attempts to reverse engineer what he did. And everybody else reading his biography or admiring him is like, oh, that's the path to success. And it never works for them because they are not Richard Branson. I think the only thing that's worth noting is that the way to success is like to stay true, to find your own path and walk down that. Uh, now, to answer the question you actually asked, I, I, I'm a writer. I help people with their relationship to themselves. Mm. And that's teach self love and self compassion. Yeah. Um, and if you, what's your website? It's, it's uh, jasonconnell.co. Yeah. You want to spell that out? I would love to. J A S O N. C O N N E L L. And I, I actually follow you. I actually follow your writing. It's, like, it's really good. I appreciate um, that. But again, um, interesting. I think like when we talk about success, though, like forging for me, I just talk about you know, personally for me, like forging my own path. Does that mean success? I don't know what that in a strict kind of Western material sense. Like no, I don't. I like that's not that's not not what I define as success. Like I wouldn't define Richard Branson as successful. Um, he might be successful in my opinion in the way that I view success, but I don't know him, so I don't know. But I view his material gain as not. I don't know what that means. Whether that means because you know there's like hedge fund billionaires who are probably complete dicks. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, so a, like, lot of, a lot of my clients are multi-millionaire investors who are miserable. Yeah, and that's happened to me. While we were friends, I became very successful in my leadership development business, financially, mm. quote unquote, successful, and then just collapsed. I, I had flown into Kansas City first class, mm. gave a speech. I think I got a standing ovation. Went back to this apartment that I was renting for the tour and just collapsed because I like had totally neglected myself. So that wasn't a definition of success for you. No, yeah. that's. I would say that's failure for me. That was failure. So, Vaskam, what would you? What I'm interested. What would you define as success? Um, that's really interesting. I mean, it's hard. I, I think to your point, it means different things to different people. I think if your aim is for spiritual enlightenment, you're going to have a different life blueprint than um, if your aim is to accumulate power or wealth. Two might not be the same. But even those might be different. Um, health. Uh, for myself, to define it myself, it is to have the freedom to have some kind of creative outlet that I feel that I am volitionally giving to, that I, I don't feel... I think, honestly, I, I guess I could boil it down to freedom. I think if I could say what, what is common 
maybe what we could say is perhaps universal to everybody, certainly to me, it's freedom. I want to feel as if I'm choosing the, the, the life that um, I'm living, that it's not something that I have to begrudgingly kind of work my way through the nausea to kind of get to some potential future endpoint at which I enjoy, but that I actually feel in the flow and happy in the things that I'm doing at the present. For me, that would be success. Mm. The more I can have those experiences versus the begrudgingly power through the nausea and just do the things I have to do, I would say it's, I would feel like that's a happy, successful life. Mm. Cause I think, I mean, not that I don't know too much about Richard Branson, but perhaps maybe if, if that is what his, you know, he gets up and he does whatever the fuck he wants, you know, I mean, does he live on an Island? He lives on like, he owns an Island, but like you see the same, like Steve Jobs, mother Teresa, both of them, whether or not they're successful, like they all accumulated massive influence by going their own route. Mm. Like Steve Jobs, undeniably an asshole, also undeniably a visionary. Mm. And if you try and manage the way Steve Jobs does, nobody will fucking listen to you because you just yeah. be a huge asshole. Mother Teresa or Gandhi, you know, voluntarily lived in poverty, mm. used a very different style of influence than Steve Jobs, but became massively, I would argue, successful. I mean, made mm. the world a better place. I think fully expressed themselves as a human and, and their truth and their gift. But were they? Were, the thing is, is were they happy? Well, that it sounds like to you, the definition of success is happiness. Yeah, because this is something that I have kind of come to terms with recently. Um, it, what I define as success, and what I define as success is, it's quite, I think it's quite close to versing what you what you were saying, which is basically like I get to choose what I do. I, no one tells me what to do. I have a choice in what I do every day. I get up when I want to get up. I go to bed when I want to get when I want to go to bed. Um, I create stuff that I like creating. Um, it's mine. I have ownership over it, and I can pick up and go wherever I want, whenever I want. Um, I'm, and I'm not saying I'm 100% there yet, but I'm reasonably close. Uh, and that is—is is that, is that am I materially successful? I mean, compared to 99.9% .9 of the planet, then yeah, I've got a car. <laughs> I've got a car, and I've got a, a, an, a you know an apartment, and I can afford food. You know. I can get food whenever I want. You know, I don't have to worry about food. Am I? Can I swan off to the Bahamas, uh, the drop of a hat, and rent a five-star suite in the you know the best hotel on the island? No. You know, do I? Can I get? Can I afford a new car tomorrow? No. You know, like I, I don't have that kind of material success, but I can sustain myself. I feel, and and that for me is 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 a definition of success. That for me is 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 enough. Like I don't want like you know, I think there's a kind of a meme in America in or in the West which is about always wanting more you know ambition and growth and I want to grow this I want to grow I want to be the biggest I want to be the best I want to have that and I wanted that's what I wanted originally I wanted to be to grow I wanted growth 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 I wanted my website to grow you know I wanted as many readers as I could I wanted as much you know I wanted to be the next big thing the next big website and you know but I'm quite happy with that not happening. If you it seem happened, a lot happier focused on the way that you approach your work now is much happier than you seem much happier than two years ago when you're trying to build the biggest website in the world to me. Yeah. Maybe that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't tried to build the biggest website. So here's, in the world. here's, I think like part of the path, like the, I think there's this romanticized idea of going down the path and it being like pure flow and pure happiness and pure bliss. That has not been my direct experience. The times yeah. when I've been on my truest path have been the times of like, 
some of those have necessitated like these breakdown moments where I remember at 6 a.m. I was on this overnight train just sobbing as the sun came up for a whole lot of reasons. And looking back, that was a totally necessary step in my path. So hearing you say, you know, maybe I had to go through that that fire or that ring of hell of trying to build the biggest website in the world to learn about myself and learn about what success or happiness is for me, that totally resonates because we have this bullshit idea of, oh, I need to be happy all the time. Like you're some sort of fucking Disney character or yeah. something. Which is yeah. just ridiculous. That's a denial of self. Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a straight. It's interesting. I, I, I listened. I, I quite like Russell Brand. I don't know if you guys. Have he's he's hysterical. He's really smart. Yeah, very smart guy. But he was talking about like he became the big celebrity. You know, the superstar, the rock star, the the yeah movie. You know, a movie out every five months or whatever it was, and um, hanging out with A-listers and having dinner with Tom Cruise and all this kind of stuff. And he said basically, it's not all that. It's shit. He Jim, got there. And Jim Carrey said the same thing. So he Jim got Carrey there and found it. it was crap. Yeah, he's interesting. He, and then he got deep into Taoism and like. Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, he used to go deep, deep yeah. into anti vaccination stuff as well. Which oh, is did a, he? That's disappointing. Yeah, that's which very is disappointing. disappointing. <laughs> yeah. But no, the point being that yeah, he like went, you know, the Buddha himself, right? Like, the point was that he was had everything, he had the riches. It made him ultimately empty because he was like, regardless of all that, I can't get rid of disease. I can't get rid of my dying body I can't get rid of you know it's still gonna have my friends and loved ones are gonna pass on so I don't know so both of you guys mentioned happiness as like part of success for you where does service to others versus service to yourself fall on that if um, at all if at all for me I think very much I have to feel as if I am serving others how do you um, do that how yeah um, similar to what you're talking about helping people connect with their best selves Mm. yeah that's I guess you know uh, I'd like to think that I I think it is important of having a balanced life I, I, I hope I like I'd like to think I do that with my in my martial arts world my martial arts practice and that makes a big difference I, th- I think without that I'd be a different I would be I would have some problems you know I think without that element of my life without coaching people and training people to kind of improve and get better and like face demons in themselves you know without that without that having that giving that payback like one of the things I like doing is I you know not, I know it's a small thing but like my fiance you know like I mean, she, she's gone through some difficult financial times um, in the past you know I don't, I don't want to get into it too much but being able to help her has been massive it means a lot to me being able to help her you know or being able to help people who are, who are maybe, you know, maybe like a family member or whatever who hasn't, I have because I haven't been in that position before. <laughs> yeah, I've been broke for a lot, you know, built my own company. Like, believe me, it was not easy. It was not fun, you know, being in debt, being broke. Yeah, like, I want to put emotion on the floor <clears throat> to put like some material success, like on back on that ledger of like, of like, d- ha- d- like success. You like, need some of it, you know, like, yeah, but what do you use it for? Would you, that's like, fair, I, yeah. yeah, like I found when I've got material success, I've, I've got the most happiness from being able to support someone else. Mm-hmm. That has been, um, you know, it's not, I'm not, again, I'm not saying I'm a millionaire, but, but I've got enough to look after myself and, and, and help other people. And that, that for me was a big, was a big deal. It was a much bigger deal than I expected. Well, it frees up a lot of energy. Yeah. If you know That's that right. you are making enough money so that you can purchase the things that you have strong desires for, without a huge amount of effort for that purchase like that frees up a lot of like emotion cognitive space oh, yeah. energy to like yeah. give to yourself give to your readers to give to whatever I yeah. mean that's pretty one of the smartest things I've heard about international development 
is that people involved with international development should make sure that their finances are taken care of well so that they can serve the people other people yeah. yeah because when you're not when you're not, when you're broke like you become it's a you're a different person you know, you it's become a scarcity like, mindset. It's a scarcity yeah, mindset, yeah. and you like, you know, fuck, fuck this person yeah, trying like, to take my money, and I don't want to help this person because, taking, like, what about me? You know, and taking good care of yourself is deceptively beneficial for everyone around you. True. I, be- I believe, I, I strongly, I believe that one hundred percent. But so, but once you get there, give back, like for real, give back because if you don't, you you're fucking but with karma. The, there. But I think in the way, one of the reasons I asked you guys the question is like, where does helping others factor in? It's like my views on that are evolving. I think it's a, an essential for giving back, but just in the way that like, I have had to find my path personally, professionally. I also think we have to find our lane or find our path and how we give back to people. Because for a long time I sat on this board and I was responsible for fundraising a certain amount and that drained me. And when I switched back to, and what I think the real trick is like to find your gift and then use your gift or your passion or your talent or your strength or whatever Mm. in service of others. And I think that's the most powerful thing. And for some people that's gonna be a very subtle thing or a very small thing. But I'm interested because you do that professionally, so that's to me that's fascinating. That's very interesting. Like I don't like my I teach martial arts, but you know, part of my agenda is to you know I, I get a lot of fulfillment out of helping other people overcome things. You know, but it's not that's not what it's built as. It's like yo, come and learn how to kick someone's ass, right? But but you actually do that's deliberate. Like what's what you do? That's a good expression of like I have a very limited range of gifts in life and like helping. And like writing or working with people one on one is mm. a good expression of those gifts, but it's not like I would not say in any way that people need to make their job in life giving back to others. That's a good point. That yeah. happens to work well for me, <laughs> but it wouldn't work well for most people. Because you see that a lot, and I think maybe it's interesting. You know, being around the nonprofit world a lot, you see a lot of people go into the nonprofit world to go and help other people. And then they get sucked down into yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just talking about that on the yeah. ride over here. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, the, the flip side is like there's so many when you when you're there's such a difference between like doing something that you're kinda of talented at, like maybe you're a good salesman, versus doing something that you're gifted at, like you're a good yeah. musician. And like I think when you're operating from this place of like your un indefeatable self, like Stephen yes. King wrote Cujo and he was so drunk and fucked up on drugs when he wrote it that he has no recollection but there's something in yeah, Stephen King that you like cannot how, yeah, shine through like despite yeah the you cannot to fight yeah. that part defeat that part of Stephen King yeah. that's his gift like when you find that gift and you I really think everybody has it and you give and you just operate from that I think that's in its own way pretty healing and pretty beneficial for the world I mean think about the musicians that you love mm. how many times has your day or life or week been better because of a song and that musician's not really sitting there thinking like, how does my music make the world a better place? Musicians sitting there like, there's music inside of me. I need to get this out and I need to give it to the world. And I think that's actually, the more I think about it and the more I like actually feel into it, I think that's the way we, we give back is like find your gift and, and give it to the world. And if you can, for me with the, with the sort of a knack for understanding people, I can easily frame that in terms of helping other people. But teaching Teaching martial arts is not as immediately obvious, but I think it's just as powerful because it's coming from your essence. I sparred with you earlier today, and it was like, <laughs> fuck, this guy's like yeah. in a different realm while he's sparring me. And that's you. So for you to say like, you know, I don't know if this is exactly me helping the world, unequivocally that's helping the world. Because it's you. Yeah, I, mean, I'm, I feel like I'm just expressing me. That is, I do get that feeling. And you'll never know what the ripple effect is mm. of that. Because mm-hmm. maybe one of your students has more confidence now. Or maybe mm-hmm. one of your students actually is able to save his own life or save someone else's life. Or maybe they can teach it to someone mm-hmm. else. Like, you'll never necessarily see, but if you shift to an internal like 
heart-centered or intuition-centered mechanism, you can feel like, ah, this is the right thing. Yeah, because I did, I do, part of me wanting to give it honest because that's what happened to me, you know? Like, I got, I got, I got the shit kicked out of me for years, you know? I've taken some beatdowns. I don't know that. I've taken some, to learn, you know, to get good. I, I went, I, you know, I jumped into the deep end, you know, <laughs> I was sparring with professionals. That's why I've sparred with professional boxers, professional kickboxers, um, like high ranking Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belts. And, you know, yeah, I got wrecked, you know, <laughs> they, they, I got wrecked for, for, for months until I could defend myself, until I could, you know, until I could compete with them, yeah. until I could handle myself. So wait, this is the other thing. Sorry, I'm getting a little didactic. Like, yeah, you guys should yeah. start interrupting me. This is the other thing that I think people fail to realize about their gifts and their path is like, so often, your gift and your path is right next to the most painful part of your world. Interesting. Because right. any sort of gift, so like your gift, the thing in the world that like is you, is where you're gonna be most sensitive to the human experience. And a lot of time that sensitivity is both pleasure and pain. So for you, it's like you physically went through pain to begin accessing one of your gifts. And what you did right was you endured that pain and then you channeled it into something that you have this insane talent for. And people in this culture and states are so averse to pain that they miss their gifts entirely because they won't go through the fire for a little bit. Yeah. So I think that it, for people like talking about, you know, or listening, and, and, and I remind myself of this all the time of how do I find my path? How do I find my gifts? Well, it's going to be right around the place where you're most sensitive mm. in the world. So to start, like, and it's, we're a little numb to both joy and pain in this culture, especially if you spend a lot of time drinking and watching TV and you're busy and you wake up to an alarm clock and you drink a lot of coffee, all things that I have done in the past and sometimes do in the present. I don't have a lot of judgment around that. But if you let the guard down a little bit and open up a little bit to joy, which is a little harder to detect than pain and a little bit to pain, those are clues that are going to lead you in the direction you want. It's going to lead you to your truth. So you said you're suggesting follow the pain, follow the... I, it, I, intense emotions are always clear indicators of something. Mm. Absolutely. And yeah. like use that as a feedback yeah, system. Yeah, I, I would... I would certainly agree with that where where is the where is the insecurities where are the vulnerability insecurity is a great mechanism so yeah. how, how do you start to if you're in the fog if you don't even know what your gifts are and you don't know where to begin and let's say you have been immersed in just corporate anesthetizing yourself yeah um how do you begin to plumb the depths to, to figure out what that what those that's a great are. question so the first thing is you need to psychedelics <laughs> so, that's, so that's one that's what I would that say that is one answer it's not one that I endorse because I I have done psychedelics a decade ago and it was just for entertainment I only in any capacity advise things I've had direct that you've experience done. with yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah for real um, of course so Ben can answer the psychedelic yeah, yeah. approach in I, a second I endorse it yeah um, so the first thing is to re- the expectations you, you have to be a warrior like the first thing is to accept that you're gonna to have to be a fucking warrior because people want this to come easily to them. Mm-hmm. And if you watch a lot of movies and if you just casually observe the people around you, it seems like getting on your path is easy. Bullshit. Because what is required for a human to flourish is, anti- it cuts against the grain of modernity. So the first step is to realize like, okay, this is gonna be hard. I'm gonna surrender this idea of not having to work. And the second step is to start creating space in your life, whether that's through meditation or through long walks or through journaling. There's no one tool that's right for everyone, but some amount of like reflection and openness and pause just for you is really totally critical for that. 
And from there, it's kind of a, a series of trial and error. I mean, I can give you a directive, like carry around a journal and write down the things that you have strong emotional reactions to over the next week. And then at the end of this week, reflect back and you'll notice, oh, I had a strong re emotional reaction to the beggar and I had a strong emotional reaction to when the mom hit her kid and I had a strong emotional reaction to when I won $100. And these are all gonna give you clues. But the much better thing is just create some sort of silence and reflection in your life and trust that and trust yourself. And the warrior part comes in where most people, if they're numb, if they can't feel their intuition, they can't feel their path, you're gonna have to make dramatic changes. That might mean quitting your job, that might mean ending a relationship, that might mean taking a financial risk. And what I can tell you is if it's authentic, it will work. It's just scary, it's a matter of courage. So did that answer your question? Yeah. That sounded like yeah, a, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I, or psychedelics. Or psychedelics. I agree. <laughs> no, I mean, look, you know, everything that I feel um, that, I've, that I'm proud of or that makes me happy, uh, or that's given me something back in life, like a tremendous amount of, of has been hell. Has yeah. been sheer hell to go through. But but then only once, usually. Like it's a one time. Yeah, shift. once you've done it the and you come out the other, like you know, take building my own business. I mean. That was beyond grueling. That was you've been there. I mean, you were an entrepreneur yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we, so one of the reasons why Jason and I are really good friends is because we were both entrepreneurs together, and we both like, you know, when you were we living, both came in, up at the same time. Yeah, we, we both, had like no money to go out. Yeah, like zero dollars, and then wondering whether we knew what we were doing. You know, the amount of conversations I have with you saying like, I, I don't know whether I know what I'm doing. It's like I part of our weekly. Yeah. <laughs> our weekly uh, do I know? What? And then Jason would say, No, dude, you know what you do. Don't worry. And I'd be like, No, you know what you're doing too. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like a sort of you kind of you know what I mean. And that's why. But so having gone through, I mean, I got broken. It broke me. Like it genuinely broke me. Like my my company. I've talked to about this in the podcast before. We talked about this before, right? Where the business collapsed. No, I don't think we have. Yeah, so the banter was on, you know, nearly died last year. Yeah, I remember like, completely. that. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was dreadful. It was awful. It was the worst experience of my whole life. And I was like, everything I've worked for is now falling apart. Um, there's no way out. I'm deep, completely unqualified to do anything else other than teach martial arts. Um, I'm good at being me, but there's no form for me to be me now other than doing martial arts. And that's a tough... That's a tough life. I did that before, you know, I was a personal trainer and a martial arts instructor before for years and that was, you know, I wanted to branch out. So when I did this and, and, it, and it looked like it was gonna fail, yeah, it broke me, it like literally broke me. And, and uh, <clears throat> perhaps that's what had to happen because then the configuration what? that happened afterwards was like what we are now, we're bigger than we ever were. You know, we, 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 we're fine. You know? so, and that's, I think that's, tapping into other things that are totally integral and one is like stripping away the bullshit like the vampires and the things that are sucking you dry and that iteration of your business wasn't working for you it wasn't yeah, yeah. and you got like so some obvious stuff like most people like an obvious thing to strip away would be alcohol would be junk internet would be not taking good care of yourself would be not sleeping enough but then the flip side is like and much harder than eliminating the vampires is just being honest about your human experience and to say i'm failing I'm not building the website that I want to build. This is not going well. Mm. Is remarkably difficult and remarkably vulnerable, but when it forces you to dwell in reality. And yeah. when you start dwelling in reality, that's when things start flowing. And so, it's, it's, sorry, go ahead, Vessel. No, I was gonna say, so how do you like, um, it, what it makes me think of is like, what about the, um, 
the the weight of inertia like like you let's say you figure out okay i'm not in the place that i want to be in but take i think most people are i don't know about most but i would say a lot of people are in a position where by the structure of um you know i whether whether by societal circumstance or personal choice it doesn't matter that there's a lot of people that we can observe um who are stuck in something because of, you know let's say financially they have to do it and they're you know, most jobs people, they have, yeah. you know jobs they hate and let's say they figure out that that gift and the vision and and a, and a means of delivering that but they still feel like stuck in that inertia of, oh my god i, I gotta keep this job to, so i can pay my bills and i have these financial circumstances like how do you start to wrench yourself from that wheel of, of like this so this is like a this is like a mental game that people play with themselves. So, so uh, uh, it's interesting because I have some thoughts on this too, but I'm really super interested to see what you have to say about this. I'm really interested. I know you're going to talk about but I really, because this is one of the reasons I wanted you on the podcast is to talk about this cause from your perspective. Uh, because I think you have a, a unique, because you've taken some tremendous risks recently as well with redoing Yeah, I have. It's funny. I don't view them as risks and I'll flesh that out for people listening. Mm. Um, though they felt like risks. So like, that's a great question and a lot of people find themselves, I, I just had dinner with a friend tonight and he's telling me that his present life isn't working for him. And I asked, what are you gonna do about it? And he said he would fix it in the future. And that's how most people operate. And that is, a, like, I get it. I have a lot of empathy for people in that situation because the way that we've set up our, our nine to five in our lives doesn't work for most people. And we will trade usually our present for this idea of the future of like, okay, life will be better in the future. I'll accept a shitty life in the present to build a better. Here's the problem. Yep. Yeah. Future isn't a thing. That sounds hippie. That sounds woo woo, but you will never wake up and be like, it's the future. This is fucking great. Every single day you will wake up. You'll say, oh, it's today. Every single moment that you will experience. And I'm paraphrasing one of my friends, a guy named Jesse Elder here. This is not my, this is not my language. It's his. But every single moment that you will experience, you will experience it as now. So you have to start by understanding that the future is a mental construct. It's an optical illusion. It has nothing to do with reality. And then you realize, okay, I have now. I have this moment. And one thing that's totally lost on almost all people is that in this exact moment, you have enough. I, I mean this literally in this exact moment. You have enough to create exactly what you want in life. Now, you cannot go from, if it's 10, 15 right now, you cannot go from 10, 15 in this moment to 10, 16 and your life is perfect. But what you can do right now, literally while we're talking, is start putting things in motion. You can take the first step. And the most difficult thing for anyone in the world is that first step in creating that inertia. So if somebody feels tethered to this financial system and their bills are getting out of hand and they are just in the shitty job because they, they need to pay their bills, well, the first thing to do is tighten the belt a little bit. I mean, so many people say they have no money, but they're going out two or three times a week and they're eating out you know, four meals a week and whatever. Bullshit. Tighten the belt. If money is what you think is a problem, tighten the belt. Maybe figure out a different way to make money by driving for Uber or doing Postmates or whatever. That's sort of the gradual approach and a nice way for people to change their lives is gradually. I work in personal development. It's sexy to jump on a podcast and say, change everything in your life immediately. Bullshit, humans don't work that way. But if you need a total overhaul, what I suggest doing is creating an inflection point in your life and that is like a line in the sand that when you cross it, you cannot return. So one of the things I did for myself, I, we're recording this in Washington, D.C. I lived in Washington, D.C. for six years and I, I didn't like it for 
five years and 360 days. Um, <laughs> what I did was I eventually broke my lease. I told my landlord, like, I'm leaving in two months. That way, I didn't have much of an option to continue dwelling in this life that didn't work for me. And I made that decision in the present. I didn't say, <clears throat> okay, well, three weeks from now, I'll think about creating an inflection point. I owned the reality. I felt the pain. This life wasn't working for me. And I did something that would force change. Now, this change came from my truth because I knew beyond doubt that Washington, D.C. didn't work for me. So to answer your question directly, one, let go of all this bullshit of changing in the future. Because if you don't change now, and I really truly mean start making changes tonight when we're done recording this or when you're done listening to this if you're at home, you're not going to. Because people have this deceptive habit of recreating the same day again and again and again and again and dangling that same carrot in front of them thinking, okay, tomorrow will be different. And tomorrow doesn't fucking come. It never comes. It's not a thing. There's just today. It's not the you. I, just I, I believe, and I think the you know, you know, this is a bit esoteric, but I think the universe is is trying to teach you, and it might teach you the same lessons over until you get it. Yeah, there's yeah. Until it's, you get it, it's gonna keep you the same pain. Pain is 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 the universe saying, "Hey, do you get it? Now? You're out of yeah. Do you you're get out it of now? Sense. Do you get it? And you're not getting it. The pain goes away when you start listening. And then when you create yeah. an inflection point, you can mm. level up. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. No. And for a lot of people, that's like submitting submitting two weeks notice or two months notice. Because here's the other thing. And this is what the guy that I was having dinner with, I think is getting wrong. He, he, he's massively talented. Just mm. this incredibly, one of the book smartest people I know. And very personable guy, great guy. He's in the wrong job for him. He will admit as much, but his job takes up all of his emotional energy and all of his cognitive energy and most of his time. So he has no time at all to look for a different job, to build a network, to go to interviews, whatever. You need to create the space. There's only 24 hours in a day and there's even less time in the day where you have energy. Mm. Right. So if there's no space in your life because the job is taking up all of it, then there's no space to build a better life. So what happens is people have to find the courage to leap without a net. For me, that was terminating the lease in my apartment. Mm. And I literally did not know where I was moving. It took me five months to find a place. I was crashing on friends' couches five months. You have to leap without a net. But if you do it from a place of truth and of sincerity and like, hey, this life doesn't work for me. I'm going to rebuild a better life and I'm open. I'm just open. I have no expectations about where I'm going to live or what I'm going to do or who I'm going to date or whatever it is that you're working on. Um, once you leap, I, I want to say literally seconds after you figuratively leap, you realize, oh, I don't need a net anymore. And then once you commit to that and you stay open, you realize, oh, shit, all I had to do was leap. Yeah, and and, and I didn't even need courage, the, and it works. And the strong, again, I strongly believe this, that the universe rewards risk. Well, I think it rewards courage, and it rewards perceived risk. Yeah. The riskier thing, actually, it's is not to continue. Take, it's to not take risks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the riskier thing is to it's stay in this reality take, that's not working yeah, yeah, for you. I've, I've always viewed because it that way. it's just not going to change. Yeah, it's not going to change. So, for like... Like again, like my my parents, for example, or like my mum, for example, was always told me to get a job. So why don't you get a job? Get a job. Get a job. That's what you should be doing. Is work for someone else. Work your way up, and that's how you get to the top. I'm like, well, if I get, it, but I know that that's stupid because I'll get fired. Like I yeah, know it's not you. That's not like that's not it's you. It's not at me. All. So so I for me, that is the stu is the most risky option yeah. for my future because I know that that's not going to make me happy. Because that's how you become a robot person. Like you walk yeah. down the street. I see this more in DC than anywhere else. And there's pe the fire is gone from people's eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's because they're busy like pretending to be someone they're not. Not fucking trapped enjoying in this terrible day to day. Yeah, but yeah, it's like let's let's push on that even more. Like, um, like, but what about people who feel like they have to? 
do it because they have obligations. And they, they now have roles that they've been cast in, you know, father, you know, spouse, um, you know. So then, then it becomes like that net not being there. Like I'm okay for like somebody might be okay like like um, kind of throwing three sheets to the wind, just being like, okay, I'm going to see where the road takes me and where it takes me. I'll, I will trust it. But how do you? It seems to me like a very risky, like we use that that word again. It seems to me like dare I say irresponsible um, to to do that with. Oh, that's a matter. Of, that's a matter of perspective. No, 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 That's no, no. a matter of perspective. You know what's really irresponsible mm-hmm. as a parent is denying yourself <laughs> and telling your kid, "Oh, financial stability is more important than like actually showing up and be present and being loving for you." Being because kid, you know what yeah, the kid yeah. wants. The kid doesn't actually give a shit. If you're a multimillionaire or not, the kid wants to be loved by you. You can't possibly fucking offer all your love and gifts to the world to your kid if you are betraying yourself and tethered to this job and this lifestyle that's yeah, not you. And you're, and so you know what I'd honestly say to that person? Move to Costa Rica. Drop your no, really. Drop, drop your cost your of living down yeah. to next to nothing. Yeah. Find your yeah. lane. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. or or move to a no. Seriously, the, you're, yeah. that's that's the answer. Is like stop pretending that you love your kid because you're showering them with money, but never physically and emotionally around. Love your kid by living your life and blazing your trail and being present and loving for them. Because there's, there's yeah, there are so many point. traps in, yeah. in in our society that make you feel that you need to be following a certain path like you need to be paying into your 401k you need to be you know you need to have life insurance you need to have health insurance you need to have uh you need to be paying for you know x amount for your iphone you need to be paying you know you need to have netflix you need to have cable you need to have you need to live in a certain area right you have to have i don't know you have to be going out to the same wine bars as everybody else right you know what i mean and you hang around people who do have the similar types of jobs as you and they were doing the same shit too. And they're reading the same magazines that reinforce the yeah, same type of culture. Illusion. And it's a co- yeah, it's a collective yeah. illusion. And it, but that's just one reality. Like I personally don't live in that. I've said fuck that. I'm not listen. I'm not paying attention to any of that stuff at all. You know. And I, you know, what I, do you know, my cur- I made curtains the other day. Right. <laughs> I made no. So for real, I made curtains. I got a bed sheet, and I cut it with scissors, and I nailed it to the seat. I nailed it in front of my. Uh, my window, right? I think it looks pretty good, right? Personally, I think it looks pretty good. If I watched, you know, if I watched, uh, I don't know who would be like, who's that Martha Stewart or who's the homemaking, the some, I don't Martha know, Stewart. or ho- some home channel, shopping channels type thing where you charge you like $800 for curtains or whatnot. I mean, my fiance is not all that happy with them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's not all that happy with them. But I don't give a shit. I don't care. Like, I don't and, care. And, and your fiance will love you more because you're being Ben. Yeah, yeah. If you do an impersonation of somebody that's not Ben, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, I'll get these eight. She, yeah. Like, she'll fall out of love with you. Yeah. She loves you. I don't want to be, I don't want to pretend to be like, well, we're going to go to this fancy restaurant because I'm going to yeah. splash out and show how wealthy I am and I'm going to get a new car just for the sake of getting a new car just to show someone I've got a new car the other part like, a lot of these people just are not happy you know like happy. I said this earlier again my clients are largely like multi-millionaire investors entertainers uh, very successful politicians mm-hmm. and like they come to me because they're successful but not happy yeah it's a, it's a collective madness you know it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's a madness and it's a sickness yeah. by looking at the way that people spend what they spend money on you know uh, it, it's it, I read an article in the New York Times about this guy who uh who basically stopped paying his student loans. He just was like, yeah, fuck him. I'm not going to pay. Wrecked his credit. But he's like, yeah, but so what? I don't care. I'm not sure that that matters, to be honest. Well, he wrecked his credit and he can't get, you know, he's not going to be able to get like a, you know, he said he hasn't been 
as bad as he thought it might be from that perspective. But the fact is, is that he is happy. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of interesting. I think the easiest ways to be happy are to have like so much money you don't ever have to worry about it or to get good at like being not, happy with very little money. Not, not wanting it And it's much more approachable to be happy with very little money because it doesn't take much time or energy to make very little money. Strangely, <laughs> strangely yeah. I've also found that the, the less I've given, less I've cared about making money, the more money I seem to have Yeah, there's, there's something, it's, it's never taught, but there's something to letting go. Yeah. And not having expectations and not having needs. And this is hard. Like the most irritating advice you can give to somebody is try less hard or to let go. Right. Mm. Because it, I, like, I, I could never describe how to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because who knows? There's no directive on like how to try less hard. Yeah, yeah, especially in a Western society. I, I, yeah, there's other cultures or traditions we can like draw from. But yeah, our, our, we are a society of cult of achievement and effort. We're an effortful society. So to try to teach do less yeah. but but again like with, i'm not surprised to hear this because you decide you know i'm not going to focus on making a huge amount of money i'm just going to pour ben cohen into yeah. my work and then suddenly money comes towards you because you're giving your gift to the world and, and sometimes it doesn't sometimes it doesn't right, and like, and, right. And i'll be like oh you know crap but then overall i don't really but care the, the other thing that people lose sight of when they try and make dramatic changes to their life is like they get caught up in this future where they might fail and where everything might go poorly the worst case scenario almost never occurs in life, just period. But one thing almost everybody has lost sight of is so far, you have been able to deal with every single thing that life has thrown at you. And you're still here. Yeah. And you're still kicking and you're still yeah. breathing and you're like, still, you've got a roof over your head. And you know, unless you're homeless, you're, you're all right. But, but, but I have very successful friends who were literally homeless heroin addicts. Well, I have one friend who is literally a homeless heroin addict, mm. and he is a professional athlete and a leader in his field right now. Mm. Interesting. Like, yeah. he was able to handle that. And the reality is, you know, knock on wood, but if any one of us were homeless, we could handle it eventually. Mm. It might be miserable, it might suck, it might be filled with shame and, and struggle, but we could handle it. You could handle it. I mean, yeah. again, to, and this is why I'm an advocate of psychedelics, personally, right? <laughs> I want to inject that in there, right? But one of the reasons why why I am why I'm an advocate of psychedelics is because when you take these plant when you take these medicines, what gets stripped away from you is culture, is the culture that you've grown up in. You just see it for what it is. You it gets laid bare. It's like that's oh shit, that's just a, an illusion or a collective illusion that we've all created. We've all got together and decided that we're going to speak English. We're going to have a town that looks like this because the architecture is a certain way because it's based on a you know whatever it was a sort of whatever was in fashion two hundred years ago um, or what was going on in France two hundred years ago and got shipped over here. Everything that we have, everything that take that your culture or your or your community or society. Um, is composed of has been created and manufactured by a human mind time. right and as what a psychedelic does is it's a, a deconditioning agent and it strips that away from you and you see it for what it is and once you understand that, that it's, it's an illusion the whole thing is I'm not talking metaphorically speaking here I'm talking literally it is literally an illusion it is literally an invention a creation it has real consequences right when you start when you immerse yourself in it and, and you adhere to all the rules and you get stressed out about the consequences of like not, not flowing with that particular culture. Uh, but once you see it for what it is, it, it can be hacked. Totally. It can be totally. hacked. 
you know, and that's what they've given me personally. What they've given me personally is I'm like, okay, I see what's going on now and I see why these people were this way and why these certain people were obsessed with money or obsessed with status and what some people want and whatnot. And you can see where their motivations are, like why they are that way and how this culture has kind of fucked them, you know. And then you go, well, okay, well, I see for what it is, so I'm not going to let it screw me over. I'm not going to let it... I'm not gonna gonna have. You can kind of choose not to play some of the games that are being played around you. It's it's just yeah. I mean, and and, and sometimes it's difficult to know. I mean, I'll, I'll move off from the psychedelics, but but like sometimes it is hard to understand what those illusions are. Like you might not even realize that you're. Well, most sure people I'm don't realize they're a bunch of illusions. I'm sure I'm not nearly uh, as enlightened as I think I am. If everyone is, I mean, sense. and every time I've taken psychedelic, I realize that I really don't know much at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, like, what is inevitable is that you are running a movie in your head that your game is more interesting than everybody else's game. I mean, that's going to percolate. Like, if if nothing else is going to happen in your day, that thought is going to appear either consciously or subconsciously. Yeah, it's like the biggest illusion of the human experience is that the world is about me. And every single person is experiencing the human experience thinking the world is about about me. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So, like, actually the world is about everybody but you that's right so i think like like it, it takes a it's very tough but much more fruitful to learn from to pause the movie as best as one can mm. and say actually i don't know shit and i'm willing to learn i like that what's basically going to be presented in front of me super hard to do because then your mind will start so yeah how do like, you feel the, the movie? vessel again what's up so how do you pause the movie um i think that i think like you can physically you can you can deepen your breathing and try to empty your head. I think I think meditative practices can can attempt that. Um, I think that I think that it's a degree of. Ben, whenever we do martial arts, Ben as a metaphor of talking and listening in terms of of actually doing the martial arts of, of are you how much are you anticipating an outcome versus actually just being responsive to your environment and what your environment gives you. And I think that that is a potential road to go down is to ask your mind. Or when you experience that is to say, okay, what if I did the exact opposite? If I'm right <laughs> attached to my out, I'm now aware That's clever. I like that. Of, of my subjectivity and my, my brilliance, even now as I'm talking. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the honesty. So, yeah. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, then, so then you just put the brakes on it. You say, okay, what if now, now I am pausing my perception. I'm pausing my judgment. Teach me. Hmm. What can I learn? Hmm. Um, I think it's just something we don't we don't really do often. We don't really, especially in our culture. Oh, yeah, we're not we're not, and this is why like rites of passage I think are important, um, particularly particularly for men, I would say, because men have got a lot of you know a lot of testosterone, a lot of energy uh, stored up, and um, we don't really know how to get rid of that or release it. And if you're just yeah, if you, there are you know there are obviously there are. Are, are ways you can do that that involve the internet and a lot of um, I would actually, pornography. I don't uh, think I've uh, ever spoken about this publicly. I would encourage men to attempt to go 30 days without masturbating. Without, just to see how it affects their energy levels and their part. No, seriously. Uh, I think that's one of the ways that men are putting, and I, I just don't know the female experience of a woman, but I think a lot of men are putting themselves into a trance by with like, compulsive masturbation and internet pornography and it's kind of kind of like drinking a lot it's become normalized along among a lot of men Mm. to masturbate and watch porn and i have observed and experienced that when men experience experiment with semen retention that they though it's difficult uh many guys have a lot of benefits from that 
they get more energy to do. Yeah, they get more energy, and and if you cut out, I, I would encourage basically all men to cut out pornography. Um, it for, it's just another thing that forces you to dwell. Yeah, it's in reality. interesting. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a something that interrupts your own ability to just be yourself and be happy. Like it's it's similar. It's an anesthetic. It's like, you know, like the ones you mentioned. It's like over caffeinate, you know, drinking, smoking. Yeah, it's um, another escape to a fantasy right. realm that is not like here and now mm. and in touch with what you're directly experiencing in the world. Let's let's talk about escape. Like so so some escape is fun and necessary. Um, how do you know when, when something is not no longer play and it's, it's, it's become a problem? Well, it's the moderation thing, right? It's like, we, Jason, we discussed this about moderation. Hardest thing to do, the, the, real, the real mastery in life is moderation, you know? Learning how to, like, not, how to not deny yourself stuff, but not indulge too much either, you know? Because, you know, it's like, what is a medicine and what is a poison? And they can be both the same. Some degree, it's a dosage. Yeah, it's, just so it's a, it's a yeah, dosage. So maybe you see. it's like the the inquiry to run with yourself is like if this thing was absent or gone, like what's my state of mind? Like how would I feel or respond to this thing? And if you can't, if if you're perturbed, if your center and in, in your way of being is perturbed by not having that thing, maybe it's a problem. I like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I and mean, there's also certain things that probably should be like let's take you know, heroin. Right, that might be probably a good idea to abstain from that completely. You know what I mean? Um, but that, I would but say it's that, like simply soap, right? Because certain things might be very like like I could I could get neurotic actually about like having the healthiest diet and that and people totally do and we glamorize yeah. that in this country, which yeah. is fucked up. Yeah, I think part of it is like so. I think what you said is huge. Is like if you strip this away, is that going to induce severe neurosis for you? Because like there's these lines, especially around health and money, where people are rewarded for neurotic behavior. <laughs> yeah. And like if you couldn't go a month without looking at your portfolio or going to the gym, there's a very good chance this is a demon and not a healthy habit. I think the other thing that I would I look for is like, is this putting me into a trance? Like a lot of times just I, I have been so entranced by YouTube and Netflix and things like that that I didn't actually get up to take a piss until like I was at the point of almost no return. <laughs> and it's like, God, if my physical body and being didn't yank me out of this this bed or this chair, like I would just be here forever. The in, yeah, wildly entertaining covered in your own pee, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. And it does, it, it has like a sort of hypnotizing effect. Totally. You know? Totally. Yeah, the internet is, 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 is magical in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was at a conference. Well, it's a human brain, and I, I, it's the I, overmind, I, right? I, I wanted to almost like, I was so livid with this speaker and the speaker uh, is a, a psychologist responsible for a huge amount, a disproportionate amount of the research and consulting that makes our phones and computer addictive. Everything from like the type of light it's using to like how the push notifications work and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And he gave this lecture um, on how that specific thing and how addicted he had become to technology and how it fucked his life up and how like his love life, like his relationship with his kids and his wife was bad, he was going insane because he was the victim of his own technology. And here's why I hated him. He developed strategies for himself that helped him disconnect from technology, but doesn't publish them. And outside of like these very small conferences with like, the, in this conference I was lucky in some ways to attend, uh, doesn't talk about that research at all. That's kind of so evil. Put, it, it's, the guy's a total dickhead, total dickhead. That's kind of evil. 
So like it's these devices are designed to be entranced, right. yeah. and they're so effective that they ensnared the person that did the research. But the fucking asshole won't actually share the the antidote with the world. But the strategies he developed. So I don't have that qualm. I think we should. The strategies he developed were pretty basic, like turning off push notifications. If you have Facebook on your phone, keeping it like several folders or swipes deep so it's harder to get to. Yeah. Have like hard shut off times of like okay, I'm gonna no matter what turn technology off at 10 p.m. And stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah, I'm probably going to do that with Facebook on my phone. I've done that with Facebook on my phone. It doesn't help. Yeah, but no, you, <laughs> no, no. You just I want still, a shortcut. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just crack. <laughs> but okay, guys, but getting back to forging your own path, right? I mean, what is the sort of, I mean, I guess what would be the major theme here? The, what's the major lesson to be learned here? I mean, So one question to ask mm, is... Is it a question or is it a statement? What is it? It's a question. It's a question. One of the questions to ask is like, if I would die today, did I feel like I was living while I was alive? So like one one thing that we lose sight of quickly is like, we're going to die. Every single person ever is going to die. Um, Maybe Jesus came back, but even still he died shortly thereafter. (laughs) Um, And when you realize that, and the other sort of cold truth around here is like, we don't know when. So I lost three of my friends very unexpectedly in my 20s. if you realize, okay, I'm going to die, am I okay with the decisions I've been making recently? Or would I be on my deathbed feeling as though I didn't truly live? I think that's going to give you a lot of guidance, and that cuts out a lot of the static. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and whether you can go to bed and say, yeah, like, I feel happy with what I've done. Yeah, because a lot of people fun. should be, like, saying I love you to their best friend that they secretly have a crush on, or fuck you to their boss that's been ruining their life, or leaving Tempe, Arizona to move to Montreal, Canada, or Quebec, or whatever but they're just not. And when you pull your mortality to the forefront and ask, am I okay to die right now? Suddenly you'll realize, fuck, I wish I was in Montreal. I wish I told Jesse I loved her or whatever. And yeah. it, like, it's no guarantee that Montreal's gonna go well. It's no guarantee that Jesse's gonna say I love you, but that is an essential step on your path. Just like your website collapsing was an essential step on your path. Yeah, I, I, I truly so that's, that. that's what that is my ask. If anybody's listening and is trying to find their path, is ask yourself if I died tomorrow, like, or if I was on my deathbed, had 48 hours, and was reflecting, would I be okay with the decisions I've made? If not, the ones you should be making will become clearer, and I hope you start making those. Yeah, I mean, you know, and the, the whole having responsibilities and people who are listening, maybe you've got kids and you're, you've got a mortgage and you've got insurance to pay for and you've got all this and that, you've got obligations. Um, I'm still gonna say, I'm still. My advice is, do what you fucking want to do. You know, do what you want. Yeah, get creative. Get creative. Like, think the way. House, think. think yeah. Downsize. You know, and if if that is a problem, then you've got to really look at the people around you. You know, if like if it's not acceptable in your community or like your friends are gonna be like, oh my god, this person's like lost all his money. He's moved to a small apartment. Well, then they can fuck off. But that when you worry about what other people think too much, and there's no escaping that. Mm, right. I give a shit what people think. I'm a human. But when you worry about it too much, you're giving power over yourself away to everybody to, to but some, you. To someone else. Yeah. yeah. I had this with um, with the, again, I'll bring this back to psychedelics, but... but, but <laughs> Wait, real, quick, real quickly, just yeah. for people listening. Ben argues me on this point. Psychedelics are one way to achieve the knowledge that you're discussing. There are other ways. Reading philosophy and meditation... Like you asked me once, one mm. night you were like, Jason, how do you realize these things? You shouldn't have been able to do that because you haven't done certain psychedelics. Mm. 
The answer for me is meditation, philosophy, and reflection. Like there's multiple avenues. Yeah, I'm in your camp. I'd be I'd be open to believe that you could get some of so meditation. Some of it, <laughs> right? Right. But the, but the the thing to notice here is again, it's a path thing. Yeah. Like meditation is the tool for me. Psychedelics is a tool for you. Yeah. And I'm I'm not advocate. I'm not going to advocate. Like again, I've had a bit of a revelation on this that advocating the use of them, right? But no, because because it, you're right because it's the path for me, right? Exactly. That's that was for me, yeah. right? And and maybe meditation and eating vegan or whatever is vegan, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I forgot how much you hate vegetarians. Yeah. I am a vegetarian. Yeah, 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 if you don't want to be friends okay, anymore, yeah. I, I no, no. But but you know what I mean. Like I that that's cool. I've got no I've got no issue with that whatsoever. Um, perhaps I'm an extreme character, and that's that was what no. I, just that's, that's what works for you. That's like what works, you found for works for you. But but the point of what I was saying was that the the social implications of of what I did and talking about it openly, talking about it on a podcast and writing about it openly. Um, that there were implications for me, you know. My friends are like, okay, Ben's lost his mind. Yeah. My parents were like, not happy about it at all, at all. You know, like my, I talked to my mum about it. My mum was just like, she just doesn't even acknowledge your, it. Your proper British parents aren't thrilled that you're using your huge <laughs> internet platform to discuss your <laughs> psychedelic psychoactive, <laughs> dirty American heavy. Yeah, right. You know, but that's in their culture, in their kind of understanding of things. That's what it is. Like that's. To them, it's just he's gone crazy. He's going off and taking drugs in the, in the jungle, you know. Obviously, like it isn't because it's you know this is a this is a, a medicine that's been used for thousands of years by human populations. Yeah, for you, it's a very important. Stuff yeah, I mean, that. it's a sacred medicine. It's, it's genuinely a sacred medicine for me, you know. And whoever you, whoever wants to dismiss it or diminish it, I would say that you, you unless you've taken it, you can't talk. You can't talk on it. You can't speak on it. That's my my opinion. But the consequences of me doing it have been real, you know. But I went through this, and that's part, I believe that that's part of the process itself is, is is dealing with that. It was part of the process for me was dealing with that, going okay. But what? Who loses out if I listen to all these voices telling me don't do it, don't do it, don't do it? You know, all the doubts and all the sort of implications. What happens if I and then I don't do it and I don't get a benefit from it? So I go, I went, I do it, and I went to do it, and I got the benefits. Were for me were enormous, you know. They always and they have been enormous, um, but I'm glad I didn't listen to people. I'm glad I listened to myself. I'm glad I just was like, well, I don't care what you. Yeah, I mean, I care. I do care what people say. Of course, I care what people say, but not so much that I'm going to ha- hamper my own progress, my own sort of you know, evolution in life, you know? Well, what happens is people, when you make a decision like that, at first they call you a lunatic. Mm. Like I closed a very successful, stable business, but if what you're doing is true to you, it will work out mm. and you will benefit. And for you, that psychedelic thing was true to you. And now some people are calling you a luminary because you've seen further. And it's what you did right and what I hope other people do, I hope everyone does, is like you drowned out all the voices in that were not you and were mm. not your truth and followed your truth yeah, even though it me? seemed eccentric what but then you did me? it yeah. like you, you found the courage to leap and then you did it it's like this didn't take any courage at all this is me this is like it took courage and stupidity to not be me yeah and that's the thing is that it's, it's the w- more risky approach is to not do that yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you pay for that your whole life you know the pain is meted out much far slower yeah because you, you end up in your deathbed when that comes like oh fuck I didn't actually I wish I took some risks I wish I did (laughs) psychedelics 
Yeah, or whatever it is. I mean, it doesn't have to be that, you know. It could be whatever it is. It yeah, could I wish be... I meditated. That's what but, but I think, really... like, like, the next stage then, I mean, may we all be granted the ability to just even get to that stage. But I think mm. then there's, a, there's another stage, too, of, like, whatever that we do that works. I mean, it's like, it's like trying to dismantle the, the, like, eternal conflict between fathers and children, mothers and children, mm. of, of having passed through a certain amount of fire and figured out what works for you, but then stopping to bludgeon people over the head with what worked for you and instead pausing and saying, actually, what do you need? Yeah. Mm. How can I deliver what you I need? I love that. That's a Richard Branson fallacy yeah. again. Like, instead of trying to be Richard Branson, figure out what you need for yourself. So Robert, you can express so, okay, if asking, here's a question. What would you need? Just, what, what yeah, would what would you think you need? Um, for myself? Yeah. Personally? Mm. I mean, it's funny. It's like, it's, it's, it's quite simple, but like hard to adhere to. I need time for creativity I need um, I need to eat a largely vegetarian diet I need time to meditate I need time to do Tai Chi and Qigong I need time to do martial arts I need time to write I need time to spend time with friends I need time to have more experiences like we're having mm. so one thing that works well and it, it's so simple most people gloss over it is like accountability like finding two or three friends um, that you check in with once a week and no, like people get caught up on punishments and rewards. But if you get in the habit of just saying like, Hey, these are the things I need in my weekly life. And then reporting to your friends saying, I did these things this week, or I did not do these things. You'll notice the behaviors that you're looking to cultivate naturally trend in the right direction. Okay, yeah. Especially if your other friends also have an awareness of like, there's things I need to be giving myself, but I'm not. And you guys are all invested in one another's success without a lot of judgment or attachment to outcome. That will naturally encourage the behaviors you want because it, it trains your awareness. All right, Jason, you. What about you? What do I need? Yeah. Probably to say no more often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm wired to be a people pleaser. Um, and that does both good and bad things for me. But I have been very fortunate recently where my star has risen a little bit over the past year. And that has put way more demands on my attention and my energy and my emotion. And I need to get better at just like holding the line, saying no, including to people I really love. That's, that's yeah, that's true. That saying yes to everything is a, because you're not, at the end of the day, you stop actually, it stops actually being, helping people. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. You're, you're putting too much of yourself in the fire. Yeah, and then, it, you know, then you can't give as much, yeah. you know, what you, run. What yeah. do you need, Ben? Good question. Uh, probably, if, <laughs> I certainly need to learn how to focus better. <laughs> And he says, what my ADD can, can be, it's a gift and a curse, you know, like it can make me focus like a laser uh, when, when um, in extreme situations I can build, I can have intense focus in extreme situations. But when the situation is not extreme, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> all over the fucking place. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's not a problem though. Yeah, I just have to build more extreme situations. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, like, I understand why you guys are laughing, but why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why not leverage the system to create situations where you flourish? And they, that's what they say to do for people with ADD. That's what so a lot of the thinking on ADD is, is for people to be able to create their own kind of lifestyle so that they, is it, I mean, and that's what I feel that I've tried to do. Well, that's, that's another path thing is like, and, and they'll shut up, is a lot of times people think that they're flawed. So they try to change themselves. Mm. That's n- no, you're not flawed. What you need to do is like figure out how to live in such a way so that you're living a reflection of you. So if you perform better yeah. with urgency, mm. create tighter deadlines or create more stakes for fucking up a deadline mm. or, or whatever. 
Yeah, like, don't, don't, th- don't think that there's anything wrong with you and right. you need to focus more. Mm. So, I mean, we can talk about how to focus in meditation and stupid, like, powders that you can buy online the, or whatever. But I don't want to do that. Yeah, I right, want to, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I th- yeah, I think you're right. You know, it's about... Man- and I'm, I'm, so, I'm how about this? How about this, Ben? Uh, what's... How about every time... How about if you don't hit some metric, you have to pay me $1,000? That'll add quite a bit of urgency to your life. Hmm, let me think about that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to decide now. Yeah, no, I've thought about now. it, and that's a no. All right, uh, well, look, we, we can push this decision <laughs> off for another couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, is, it is true. Like, the more... Probably, it probably would be a good incentive. It's like, shit, I've got to pay Jason a grand if, I'm, if I don't pump this article out on time. You know what I found interestingly when, I, when I've travelled, right? So, like, I, I put out a certain amount of writing every day on the banter I post a certain amount of stuff and I found that like what you know I went to Paraguay last year with um, with my fiance and her family and I'm like oh man like I need to keep working but I'm also in Paraguay I don't want to see stuff so what I would do is I'd get up early and I would do I'd bang out like two hours in the morning and then I'd set I'd set you know the social media to go out on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot and I'd go go out all day and come back I'm like whoa the tra- nothing's happened the traffic's the same and I've even got some of the stuff did even better because I was laser focused. I was yeah. sharp, like two hours, bam, 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 and I got as much as I'd done, you know, maybe wow. in like twelve so hours. The, so this, all right, so and maybe after this, I'll actually shut up. That's the other thing is like we one of the false narratives that we have in this culture is that success. Define that how you will. I don't mean success monetarily, though. That's part of most people's definitions. Uh, one of the faulty narratives is that success is difficult and requires hard work. Now, pain is unavoidable because that's part of the human experience and you should walk into the fire from time to time and you should be a warrior most of your life. But hard work, in many cases, is a myth Mm. because you are able to achieve the exact results you want in two hours when you are accustomed to spending eight. That's not a fluke. That's just you had set up better structures. So like a a lot of times people need to let go of this narrative like I have to work hard for what I want. No, you have to be true about your life experience. You have to work smart. It's a smart. You you you, yeah, you, yeah. you work smart. You yeah. you work intelligently. You know. So like like I know that if I have like today I went to a coffee shop to work because I was like I didn't want to come down to the co working space because I could sit here for like hours and fiddle around. I'm like right, I want to go to coffee shop. I put my car. I've got a meter. I'm gonna put two hours on the meter, and that's as long as I've got. So that's quite good. That's a good way. For yeah. You so I like a little tricks I play with myself. You yeah, know, yeah, to like yeah. because I know I'm a, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. I, I, if you start to recognise the fact that you're an idiot, which is stage one in in in, man- in, in getting better outcome outcomes, you know, you start re- recognise your idiots, you, you, the parts of you that are stupid, and try to like set things up so that you minimise those. You or, you know what I mean? You mitigate yeah. the. Uh, I'd, I'd add like stupid, up. but also like recognise also the con con person, like con man in yourself too. Because like, we are lying the bit, the bit that yeah, lies the ability to yourself. To lie to yourself like, yeah, like you know, you're, you're a master con artist to yourself. I like that. That's yeah, great. No, That's you, really great are, you, really, you can come up with a million excuses as yeah. well, like why you didn't do weasel something. Or, yeah, yeah. We, weasel out of stuff. Like I will get done. I do this a lot of the time with work. You know, I'll just, <laughs> yeah, I'll just yeah. weasel. You know, I weasel myself. Like, I'll get it done. I get it done, and I get it done, and it's like midnight. I'm like, yeah, no, I haven't. No, no. <laughs> I, really, I really haven't got this done so yeah. I need to I need to get on it you know but like that's why I think that yeah setting up creating your own structure to, to get the best out of you you know but not listen maybe not necessarily listening to what other people are saying oh well I do you know five minutes of yoga in the morning and ten minutes of meditation and I do this that might work for that person 
figure, but I think yeah, it seems like there's, there's a lot of people out there in the thought leader space that are, seem to be chasing like the perfect yeah, formula. That's right, yeah. No such thing. Right. I can't stand the concept of a thought leader, by the way. It's a little pet peeve going slightly <laughs> off, topic, off topic here. But the whole thought leadership um, uh, industry tries me fucking You know insane. that I worked for 10 years as a speaker and now as a writer, right? Yeah. Okay, I just want to spot yeah. some like, like, here. Like, what, what thought is, leadership? What is it, like, what irks you kind of about... About thought leadership? Just if I say that word, yeah, thought leaders. Because like, everyone wants to be a thought leader now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's this, like, this kind of little cottage industry that's kind of morphed, that it comes out of those TED Talks. And then that sort of... When you've done the TED Talk, it's like, oh, well, he's done the TED Talk, so he's successful. <laughs> this is, like, this is like really good. Let's spend a little time on this, because this is intriguing to me in that, like... like it, it seems like something you can replicate. Like, did you see this? You, were you the person who, you might have shared this actually, like it was like a TED parody talk of, of a like TED a, talk. Yeah. Brilliant. But it's it would the, like hit all fun. the right notes. Like of if you just- It's like, like now I'm going to walk over to the to the teleprompter or now I'm going to walk over to the screen and I'm going to point to random objects and, and let you pause on a while. And I'm going to give you a dramatic pause Three, two, one. It's like now I'm going to give like a relatable story that's yeah. loosely related, and we're all going to laugh. But anyway, it was like it was like you watched it, and it yeah. was kind of the like the like the meta TED talk that all TED talks could ultimately conform be, to. Be based like, on, yeah, yeah. But so, but but in that is like a great point of like you hate it because at the end of the day, it's something that you could clone and it's it's and kind of replicate, and there's a kind of lack of like yeah like a uh, substance there. So so. So, like, the question I would ask you is, like, for, for yourself is, do you, like, how did you, any of us, like, who are, who, are, who are in a field, pick the field, like, how do you, and going back to kind of raw authenticity and truth to yourself, like, how do you avoid the lure of just carbon copying what looks like success and, like, yeah. going for that authenticity but, but, and that substance? It, it, and I'll just, cut me out if, I, if I'm wrong, but, like, I think if you have to say that you're being original, if you have to say it, then you're not being original. If you mm-hmm. say like I'm an, I'm original, you know? <laughs> well, even that idea is a bit of a is a bit of a sham. Like there's nothing. I I don't remember the last original idea that I read or heard. Yeah, but, but, but like, but aren't I mean, you, aren't well, you like, but you're the first person experiencing you, right? Like, and so that's to answer like, your question. Like with my with the people I work with, I try and offer my direct experience in life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. as honestly and authentically as I can. So I'm the first one to have the Jason Connell experience, but by no means am I the first person to think, oh, you know what? There's, people aren't flawed. Like people feel flawed, but that's right, an illusion. That's it, yeah. And that's like an integral part of my worldview. But I'm not, that's not an original idea. Right, I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, but look, what is original, you know? I mean, I would say that 90% of what we've talked about could, is... is you could map it, yeah, like we've talked could, about like going through the fire. Wait, here, what we could right. do is a list of things that are bullshit, and here's two. <laughs> Tim Ferriss and TED Talks. <laughs> Both of those things, especially wait, TEDx why, Talks. Wait, wait, like not to knock Tim like why? What is the kind of... What, because the, he sells snake this? oil. Like, the, he doesn't work, like... He, he sells this idea of a four-hour work week or of, like, optimizing your nutrition and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. What he's done exceptionally well is market. Like, if you look at yeah, a four-hour he's body... he's now the marketing, though. He, right, he, he, right, he's an amazing marketer who's decided to... And you know, here's another person that's bullshit and another thing. Bulletproof executive, Dave Asprey. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, these people I've met. I don't know them well, but, I, like, I've met them. Bullshit. They're genius marketers interested in exploiting emotions and to get money. 
Yeah. Like, you know how many scientific studies there are that suggest putting fucking cop butter in your coffee right. is a good idea? Yeah. Literally zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally. He's literally. the guy that, that was the He's the fucking butter, butter coffee guy. Yeah, bulletproof yeah, coffee. coffee. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's three things. No, look, these <laughs> these guys might be good guys. I don't know them well enough to Tim know. Fre- I, got, I saw Tim Ferriss being interviewed. He seems like a nice guy. He, he probably and, is a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 but you, you think that a lot of his. I haven't really mined his work too much. So because I try like, to avoid. Like maybe like there's. Take what is useful, discard what, what is not. Maybe, maybe there's some useful things in Tim Ferriss' work. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've read, seen some of his stuff. It seems all right. But it, what it's done is it's. Spo- what I feel like it's done is that it's spawned a lot of dudes who've gone out and bought a lot of supplements. Yeah. No, honestly. Okay, so I. I and, then, and then they. You see this on Facebook with like, you know, new diet plans and like this. We, I, yeah, I never read his, his like four hour work week, but I have to tell you, his cookbook is terrible. Like, it just get a Mark Bittman, New York Times, like, chef cook. Like, that is not a good cookbook. Yeah. No, and he, he did. Speak to. And it's, it's that book, uh, the, I forget what it's called, is an attempt, The 4-Hour Chef. That's it. Is, here, here's, here's one shorthand way to know that Tim Ferriss, personally, might be a great guy. Don't know yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but as a thought leader, is bullshit. That book, is a, its aim is to teach you to become autodidactic. That is, somebody who can teach themselves or learn from books. Mm. If you cannot already learn from a book, you cannot possibly <laughs> read a book to learn how to learn from a book. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah. is assuredly smart enough to have realized that. Yeah. And put that out anyways. Yeah. So he's the snake oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with butter coffee. Yeah. Same with most tech I, 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 I hear you. Like there is a kind of. Um, like emotional immediate response to like oh less time do more like sure I want to do it, yeah like, but it's like Tony like for me like the and I've gone the thing is it's interesting I was looking back at some of my writing on Tony Robbins I've written a couple of things about it and my thoughts on him have changed over time I used to really like him and as I've got older I now don't you know who Tony Robbins biggest hype man is Tony Robbins Tony Robbins yeah yeah, I mean, he's just uh, maybe he's a nice guy. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to add him to my bullshit list. Yeah, I don't think jury's he, out for me on him. I don't maybe think he's full of shit, but I think that his his approach is and his focus on money on on um, you know he's a I wrote a piece about him about his, his <laughs> he moved from he moved from California to Florida because he was paying he thought he was paying too much tax. He wrote this whole article about like. You know, how, like, oh, my God, they're fleecing the rich over him. I'm like, yo, listen, dude, you pay one of the lowest corporate tax rates in the world, in America. And in California, yes, it's higher than it is in other states. But that goes into school, public schools, yeah, education, yeah. that kind of stuff. And now you've basically, you've taken all your all your millions and put them in Florida. Um, because, you know, I just felt that there was something disingenuous about that. And I felt that there was, like, his whole thing about personal success and wealth and money and that kind of stuff and getting in the zone and it was all very it's very like male it's very like it is very it is very you go and get it you go and like you go and kick some ass and you go and like take what you want and take what you need and i just i can't get down with that philosophy i think it's it's um people like that are kind of responsible for the system being fucked up in itself you know because that type of attitude look maybe so there's probably a lot that can that there's a lot of positive that can that does come from it maybe you know there's maybe there are some stuff that, that's good but the, the whole attitude of that kind of you know that definition of success i don't like and i think that that when people go down that route and they're going to find themselves more miserable because they won't be able to replicate what tony robbins does 
Yeah, I think like like I, it's hard like like when you put somebody under scrutiny, you're gonna find something that that I mean, pick any of your favorite writers or musicians or anything like when you put it depends on kind of the the level of scrutiny that you put them under and also kind of what you want to what you expect out of them so like mm. sometimes the best actors and you know this Ben from working in the media like should not be speaking about what Le- should, yeah, should pass yeah, yeah, policy or, yeah. so, so, so I just I'm saying maybe there's something useful we can extract from all these guys totally uh, like that that we don't, you know, I may not want recipes from Tim Ferriss, but maybe he does have something good to say about. Right. Yeah, but it, you know, he's good at interviewing, actually. Like yeah. he, the, the, he interviews people really well. He does podcasts. Well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I forget. I think it was that there's a biologist called E. O. Wilson. Yeah, that's um, right. The guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The colonization of the Earth, right? The, the something like that. Yeah, he's done an old Consilience, is another good book that he wrote. Interesting guy, but he wrote interesting. And um, he said that we live in an age of information information overload and there's something along the lines of too much information and too little wisdom. Yeah. You know? Because I would love it if people stripped away all the personal development stuff, including my shit, and just started living and experimenting and realized, like, (laughs) I can bounce back from failure because they'll they'll succeed at a much more rapid rate than if they try and read anything I've written or anyone else. And, like, that, it really just takes taking a little bit of action. Staying true to yourself, having faith, and reflecting. Like, oh, this action worked, or this action didn't work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know, you, you got one go round in this in this realm. You have as what, far as we know, yeah. As far as we yeah, know, you yeah. got one go round. You might as well try and yeah. try and try a few things out rather than Instead working in insurance your whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No disrespect to insurance. If you're in insurance, I mean, I mean, no disrespect. That'd be funny if all of your subscribers just happen to be working in insurance. If you love it, if you love it. Then do your thing, yeah. but if you don't love it, then qu- then then quit. That's yeah. my advice. Maybe don't listen to me. Anyway, guys, I think that's we we we've gone over an hour. This is this is a it's been it's been a really good conversation. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Hey, good, Jason, yeah, thanks for having me. Great to have you, you, man. Yeah, do you want to say once again where folks can find you? Jesus, if I haven't alienated your listeners now <laughs> by making a list of things I think are bullshit. Yeah. If so, uh, yes, you can find me at jasonconnell.co. J A S O N C O N N E L L dot C O. We'll do a link in the, on, the, on the banter as well. Cool, sweet. Thank, Thank you. Appreciate well. it. All right, everyone. Bye, we'll guys. See you next week. Bye.